Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Doctors, pediatricians, hospitals, they're all preparing for what's predicted to be one of the worst flu seasons in years. Vaccine rates have been dropping since the start of the pandemic. While COVID has been the focus, doctors say people must turn their attention to the flu this year and get the shot. If not, it could be one of the worst flu seasons in years. We are seeing flu cases coming up week over week. I mean, we're we're recording over a thousand cases a week in the U.S., and this is still very early. October is a very early flu season. And as we've talked about before on Reset, we've already seen a rise in child hospitalizations in our area this fall. Here with us now for more on what this season has in store for kids and how to protect them is Dr. Anisha Shetrapal, emergency medicine physician at Lurie Children's Hospital and assistant professor of pediatrics at Northwestern's Feinberg School of Medicine. Dr. Shetrapal, what is going on in Chicago's emergency rooms? Yeah, it's really, really busy right now. We're seeing a lot of respiratory illness. We, I know you had Dr. Bartlett on a couple of weeks ago talking about rhino enero. Yeah. Um, we're still seeing quite a bit of that. RSV season has started. So we're seeing a lot of young children, babies, infants, toddlers with RSV bronchiolitis. And is this not common for this season? It's early. Um, it, we usually start seeing this in late fall, winter. Um, you know, January, February is usually some of the worst of it. And yeah. We're not quite there yet, so, so it's surprising. Tell me the symptoms that you're seeing kids come in with. Yeah, so the way I think about bronchiolitis, it's, it's a d- disease of the lower airways. So the same viruses that cause a cold in you or me travel down to the bronchioles, which are the small airways of the lungs, and cause a lot of mucus there. And so babies especially are at high risk to come in. They're sometimes dehydrated. They've got cold and cough symptoms, and they're breathing pretty hard. And that's taking up a lot of resources in our ERs. Yeah, you said you're busy. Are beds available? Um, Not really. Um, Depending on staffing where you are, um, we're calling across the city to look for beds for pediatric patients for both ICUs and for floor care. What does the data say about what's happening with hospitalization specifically? Yep, um, we're pretty full all around. Um, So higher than usual uh, for this time of year. So the last couple of years, um, I think they've taught the average person a lot about how viruses spread. I mean, I didn't know any of this before 2020, right? so should we be leaning on our go-tos, masks, hand-washing, or is there more that parents can do to just be proactive about yeah. their kids' health? Masks and hand-washing are the big things, absolutely. Um, immunizations are the other. Um, just today, the CDC approved uh, the bivalent booster dose for older children. Right. Um, the flu shot is obviously available to everyone six months and up. We recommend that everyone gets it. The flu shot decreases severity, even if it doesn't keep you from getting the flu, similar to the COVID vaccine. So we absolutely recommend it, and especially for younger children who are at the highest risk. As a doctor, are you relieved that this bivalent booster has now been approved for kids? Absolutely. How's that going to change your day-to-day? I mean, people have to to get get the shot. And so I think a lot of people don't even know that it's available for them yet. Um, You know, people 12 and up don't know that. And certainly the new 5 to 12 group, I'm sure this is you know, breaking news today. And so it's important that we communicate that to families who have children in that age range. Mm -hmm. So talk more about what Lurie is doing to prepare this year's flu season. Yeah. So flu shots are the mainstay. Um, Hand washing, 
mask etiquette, all the usual stuff. Um, you know, looking at the Southern Hemisphere's data, we expect this to be a, a long and, and hard flu season. So the, the most we can do from a public health and prevention standpoint, the better it'll be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, as a parent, it can be hard to know when to pick everything up and run to the ER. You know, I my, my daughter was sick, I think it was about three, four weeks ago. And, you know, she's coughing. I heard her coughing in the middle of the night and I rose up at 2 a.m. just with, I mean, my eyes were bulging out of my head because I'm thinking, what is that? Is is it COVID? Right. Because that's we're just so trained to think that way now. Um, what are some signs that a child needs emergency attention, though, for, for something like the flu instead of just taking care of it at home, which is what we ended up doing? Yeah. So I think, you know, what I see parents worry about the most is cough and fever. So. Cough is a, is a reflex that keeps us alive. Anytime anything's in your airway, your brain says, get it out. And the way little kids do that especially is they cough. And the reason you cough more when you're lying down is all the secretions that are in your nasopharynx and the back of your nose, the back of your throat kind of drip into your airway and your, your brain says, please get it out. Please cough. So cough itself, I don't worry about. And fever is... Well, I was shook. <laughs> I believe it. It's scary, I was shook. <laughs> it's scary to watch. COVID right? just has me just on, on edge. Absolutely. Um, and fever, I think of similarly, it's a, it's a temperature that's set by your brain to help you fight whatever you're fighting. You know, parents worry, you know, with a high fever that something's going to happen. And high fevers in and of themselves aren't dangerous. I want you to treat the fever because it's going to make your kid feel way better. Um, but the fever itself isn't dangerous. Things that worry me as a pediatric ER doctor are dehydration. So if you're not peeing several times a day, that, that is a sign that you're dehydrated, especially mm-hmm. in a little kid that can be more dangerous. And the other thing is how difficult it is for you to breathe. So in, you know, in babies and in, in toddlers, we worry about bronchiolitis. And what we see is babies who are breathing, you know, 60 times a minute. Wow. Which is really, really fast. You know, adults, we breathe 15 times a minute, maybe. And babies on average, when they're healthy, breathe you know, 30 or 40 times a minute. So if you see that respiratory rate going up, you can see them using their accessory muscles, their the in between their ribs, kind mm. of on top of their sternum, you see them pulling with their neck. It looks neck like a to real breathe. task to. Yeah, yeah though, that's what really worries me, and that is a drop things, be seen by your pediatrician, be seen at your local ER, and those are the kids that you know we try to bring right back when when they're breathing really hard. Yeah, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Anisha Shetrapal of Lurie Children's Hospital about what's bringing so many kids to the hospital this fall and how parents and other caretakers can be proactive if a child starts to get sick. So what do you recommend then for kids who are sick, but they're not necessarily ER level sick? Yeah. So I think keeping them hydrated is probably the most important thing that you can do to keep them out of the hospital. Yeah. Um, So I know I don't, as a pediatrician, I can't wholeheartedly endorse juice and popsicles. But when you're sick, you know, we'll kind of take whatever your kid's going to take. So if that's juice and popsicles, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. Um, A lot of, go ahead. Oh, and then just keeping an eye on how they're breathing. Yeah, very important. Mm -hmm. Um, And thinking of a a lot of parents who um, can't keep their kids home every time they have a cold, right? How do they know if a child should not be sent to school? Yeah, so if you have a fever... You absolutely shouldn't be in school. Um, that's that's kind of the big one. Um, I think if you're having frequent vomiting or diarrhea, if you're getting dehydrated, that's another good reason not to be able to go to school. So the cough is not enough to be like, stay home. I mean, ideally, yes. Right. Ideally, we shouldn't be spreading any virus, COVID, RSV, whatever it might be, because there are other vulnerable people in your daycare class, too. Right. 
Um, but we know that that's not a possibility for everyone. Some people are now more focused on the flu than on COVID, mm -hmm. right? How vigilant should parents be overall about COVID right now? Um, so in terms of numbers, we're at a lower point than we were earlier this summer. Mm -hmm. um, but we expect uh, cases to be taking off again late into fall, early winter. Um, so it's it's hard to know. Mm -hmm. It's hard to predict. I think anyone who's made predictions has at some point been wrong. So I don't want to commit to anything there. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you started out by saying, you know, masking and hand washing. Absolutely. That's right? kind of the mainstay of what we do in public health. So multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children or MISC, mm -hmm. um, that made waves last year as uh, scientists and parents were scrambling to just understand why kids were being affected um, directly by this mm -hmm. pandemic. Today, is this phenomenon more understood? Are we in a better place? Um, I think we're still studying it. I don't think it's still particularly well understood. Um, we haven't seen as many cases this year as we saw last year, um, but it's still a phenomenon that I look for if I see the signs. Um, if I see a child who's had several days of fever without an alternative explanation, mm -hmm. and has a recent history of COVID, I'm certainly doing some workup for MISC. Yeah. So is that drop in cases, you think, part of the reason why it's been sort of harder to pinpoint Absolutely. what's going on? Absolutely. Are there any other notable effects or, you know, phenomenon, everyday diseases that parents should be on the lookout for right now? Yeah, I think just all of these viruses are all circulating at higher levels than expected. So, you know, some of them do cause... And at the same time. Yes, and at the same <laughs> time, some of them do cause, you know, gastrointestinal upset, so vomiting and diarrhea. Um, again, back to keeping them hydrated. That's probably the most important thing. And sometimes you just can't keep up with how much diarrhea they're having and you need to come in. And if parents listening right now heard nothing you said at all, Dr. Shetrapal, what do you want to make sure comes across in this yeah. conversation? It's really important to get your vaccinations, get your flu shot. We say flu before boo, so before Halloween. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> the flu shot by the end of the month. Um, get your COVID updated booster. Um, masks and hand washing are the mainstay of how we prevent viral spread. That is Dr. Shetrapal with Lurie Children's Hospital. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. This episode of Reset was produced by Michael Liptrot and mixed by Brenda Ruiz. Want to stay up to date on what's happening in the news? Then consider subscribing to this podcast. And don't forget to leave us a rating. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.